Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast with me, Phil Saker. In today's sermon, we are starting a new series. We finished off Micah last week and we're starting a new Advent series. I know it's a little bit early for Advent. Advent Sunday is not till a week on Sunday, but uh, it's just the way that it needs to to work out to get it in before Christmas. Uh, We're going to be looking at the day of the Lord. And I'll explain that as we begin the sermon about why I chose that particular theme. And the sermon today is on Amos chapter 5, verses 18 to 27. You might like to have a look at that passage, have a read of it before starting the sermon. Just to remind you once again that the Firm Foundations course is ongoing on YouTube, sadly not available on the podcast, but this week we were looking at God's holiness and exploring what that is and what it means for us. So do have a look on YouTube if you're able to and that interests you. And if you would like to support the podcast, there are various options available. Uh, Do have a look at the link in the description if you'd like to know more about that. Thanks so much, everyone. I really do appreciate your listening, your engagement, and I hope that you enjoy the sermon and find it edifying in your Christian life. So for the Advent series this year, I I was thinking, you know, back um, when I was preparing this a few months ago, I was thinking, why is it that people like coming to church at Christmas? Because that's the thing, isn't it, with Christmas? It's the one time of the year really the one time of the year when people will flock to church. People might come, you know, it was Remembrance last Sunday, there was a few visitors there, there was a little trickle of visitors who come in. People do come in from time to time um, through the year, but really that Christmas is the one time of the year when as a community, a lot of people will come to church. And I just, you know, it does baffle me I was chatting to, um, you know, David down, down the road um, and uh, he was, you know, we were just talking about one particular family who he said they were there every year. They have a row. So they come and sit on the front row every year. All the family come, you know, the um, parents, the grandparents, you know, the whole family, they're on, on the pew, one row. And they come to everything at Christmas. You know, they come to the Christingle service. They come to the carol service. Same family every year not the rest of the year at all. Why is that? What, what is it about Christmas that makes people want to come? Because it seems to me that if God is really there and if God has really come among us, which is what we believe about Christmas, then it should change everything. It should change everything about our lives. You know, it's not something that we can just come once a year to look at and then move on. That's not what Christmas is about. You know, it it changes everything. And this is why I wanted to look at uh, the day of the Lord. This is where I got the idea from. Because the day of the Lord in the Bible is, you know, you, you see the phrase as we saw in our reading from Amos, and we'll look at it in a few other places as well. But it's the day when God comes to visit, if you like. The day when God comes to us. And of course, we see that in Jesus. We see that in Bethlehem when God, uh, the Son of God, came to be with us. But we will see it again when the Son of God returns, when Jesus returns at the second coming. That's also the day of the Lord. And the Bible has quite a lot to say about the day of the Lord. And I thought this is a good place to begin. Amos chapter 5, verses um, 18 to 27. Now, these first 
few verses, verses 18 to 20. This is, uh, I think, where expectations meet reality. So Amos, he starts out, Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? And, you know, it just made me think, you know, about what I was saying about Christmas. Why? Why do you long for that day? Why do you long for the day when, when God will come? Why do people long for Christmas? Is it because they are looking for deliverance? Is it because, you know, the people were, were perhaps um, facing an uncertain future? You know, they were looking uh, at what was happening, uh, armies perhaps gathering at the borders or seeing about what was happening in the, the Assyrian Empire and the Babylonian Empire and worrying about what might happen to them. And maybe they thought, well, we want the day of the Lord. We want God to come and sort them out. You know, we want God to sort all our enemies out. But actually, Amos says, the day of the Lord will be darkness, not light, saying that your expectation is different to the reality. Now, how is that? He goes on to, to talk about it, but he gives two illustrations here of what the day will be like in verse 19. He says it will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear, as though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him. So it's, it's kind of, you know, the image we might use today is out of the frying pan and into the fire. You know, they, they want to escape one thing, one bad thing, but then they're going into a worse thing. You know, they want to escape from the Assyrians, perhaps, or Babylonians, whoever it might be. But they are going in to meet the Lord, which he said will be worse. And um, again, he, in verse 20, he repeats the darkness. He says, will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch dark without a ray of brightness? So why will it be darkness and not light? Well, this is what uh, Amos is going on to say. Verses 21 to 24, he talks about how the Lord feels about their sort of empty religious devotion. And he says, um, verse 21, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. I, I read that verse um, earlier and I thought, oh, well, there's a verse to put on your Christmas cards, isn't it? Um, but, that, but that is the thing, isn't it? You know, it, it, it is, um, you know, God does not take kindly to empty religious devotion and to, to where, you know, people go through the motions, but don't actually worship him in their hearts. And he says in verse 23, away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Or perhaps you might add, I will not listen to the sound of your Christmas carols. I, I will not stand another heart the herald angels sing again. <laughs> and even, he says, verse 22, even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, the fellowship offerings, these are what the people of Israel were commanded to bring to the Lord for, uh, for atonement for sin and also for, uh, for devotion to God. It, it showed that their penitence that they were sorry for their sins and they wanted forgiveness. And also that their, their devotion to God, that they, they loved him. You know, that was what um, uh, the, the, the uh, sacrifices were there for in the Old Testament. Now, what was wrong with their sacrifices? We've already hinted at this, but 
Um, if we just look at Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah talks about this as well. In fact, many of the prophets talk about this. This is what it says in uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 11 to 17. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths and convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. So this is what God is saying here through Isaiah. That all of the people's devotion, the, the outward signs of devotion, the offerings, the festivals, the feasts, you know, they were, they were outwardly obeying all of the religious kind of um, things that they were supposed to do. But they were not actually doing the right thing. They were not doing what God wanted, just living their lives. They weren't walking in the ways of righteousness. They, there was injustice in the society. They were personally doing the wrong thing. He says that their hands are full of blood. You know, they were not doing what was right. So all of the religious devotion was worthless. It was meaningless because they were not doing the right thing. And this is the problem that they're the same as Amos is talking about. There was the outward signs of devotion, but there was no love. There was no obedience to God. What God really cares about, verse 24, back, back in Amos, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. See, that's what God really cares about. Now, he didn't really care about all of the offerings and sacrifices and festivals and, and all of those things. <coughs> what he really cared about was that the people were doing right, doing righteousness, walking with him, loving him, loving other people. That's what God really wants of us. Not all of the outward signs of devotion, but actually he wants our hearts. He wants us to love him and to obey him every day. And that's what the people weren't doing, even though they may have been bringing sacrifices and all of the other things. So how is God going to respond? And these are the last few verses here. Uh, he says, did you bring me sacrifices and offerings for 40 years in the wilderness, uh, people of Israel? Well, yes, they did, because there was the tabernacle there in the, in the wilderness. They took the tabernacle with them, and that was where they were able to offer sacrifices. So they did offer sacrifices. And I think the point that God is making to the people is that you know, that was the judgment for them going through the wilderness. For You remember the, the, the spies who went into Canaan? And they said, no, we can't go into Canaan because they're too big and they're too numerous and powerful for us. We can never do it. So God judged them. And he said, well, you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And so I think the point that he's making here is, you know, they were offering sacrifices even while they were experiencing God's judgment. 
I think that's the point of this. And um, he says there, verse 26, you've lifted up the shrine of your king, the pedestal of your idols, the star of your God, which you made for yourselves. As you may notice there from the footnote, the, um, it's not entirely clear exactly what it means, but I think the general sense of it is clear, which is that they turn to other gods. That's what they've done. They have turned to other gods, whatever gods they may be. But they have turned away from the Lord. They've turned to other gods. And so all of their devotion to God is just a, is just a sham. They're not really devoted to God, but they've turned away to other gods. And so, verse 27, God says, Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is God Almighty. Reminding them who is truly God. God Almighty, they're the Lord. He is the Lord. And he, he said, I'm going to send you into exile as a punishment for what, what they've done. Now, what should we take from this? And remembering, you know, what we're saying, this is an Advent series where we're looking ahead to, to Christmas. I think the lesson which I want us to learn from this is that empty religion is a dangerous thing. Empty religion is a dangerous thing. And I think that should be a warning to each one of us. Because it's, it's easy to go through the motions day by day and week by week, isn't it? You know, to show up to church, even to read the Bible and to pray. You know, it can just be going through the motions, can't it? But then God doesn't have much of an influence on the rest of our lives. And, you know, sadly, I, I, see, I think this is quite a common um, thing. You know, in churches all over the country where people will turn up and show up to church on a Sunday or what have you, but then not have much to do with God for the rest of the week. And this is a warning to us, I think, that this is not the, the right way. This is not what God wants. And he wants our hearts the whole time. It's not whether we go to church or not, but actually it's does God have our hearts day by day, you know, hour by hour. And I think, you know, particularly thinking about Christmas, you know, I, I do feel we need to think carefully about what we do at Christmas. So I was, I was chatting to my wife about this um, the other day and was saying, I think sometimes all of the Christmas traditions actually make it more difficult for us to focus. You know, we're so focused on the decorations and on the presents and on the family and, and even in church on all the Christmas services and all of the carols and everything that we don't actually focus on what we should be focusing on. Now, on the Lord come to us and, and how that should make a, make a difference in our lives. I mean, honestly, can, can you honestly put your hand on your heart and say, you know, I sing all the Christmas carols with as much gusto as when I first sang them? You know, I think we all, I think you get famili familiarity breeds contempt, doesn't it? You know, I, I think when I sing the, the traditional carols, I just, I tune out, really, because I've sung them so many times before. They, they're almost meaningless. And what do you think people are thinking in society, who, in the community who come in? They don't want to worship God, they just want to sing the familiar. You know, we mustn't be like that. We must actually look to, to, the, real, uh, to the real meaning. So I think you know, we need to think carefully about, particularly this Christmas, you know, thinking how can we do this in a way which is not just going through the motions, but which is honouring to God and honouring to him day by day, you know, with our hearts not just in, a, uh, in doing what we've always done for the sake of it. Um, I think this is also a warning to, 
to the community and to the society and obviously they're not here to listen um, but I think it's an important thing for us to, to bear in mind but that an annual trip to church can actually I think be a spiritually dangerous thing to do why is that because I think people a lot of people have this sense of maybe guilt that you know they think oh well I haven't paid much attention to God this year I know what I'll do I'll go to church at Christmas and um, I'll go to church and that will fulfill my duty to God for this year and it will be you know tick, tick that box and you know it will be that's what God wants he just wants a visit to church once a year and I think that that I honestly believe that's what some people think even if they don't say that that is kind of what they what they think inside and I think we as a church need to be very clear that God wants more of us than that you know I think we need to be very clear that God wants our hearts our devotion to him day by day not just one visit a year and and um, you know I was thinking this about all of the, the Christmas services, and I mentioned this before, but you know, sometimes I wonder whether all of the Christmas services and everything actually, you know, um, sometimes I think it's not helpful, actually. I wonder, you know, if um, it actually gives the message that, uh, you know, you can come just once at Christmas. So, you know, I think it's something to bear in mind for, for each of us that you know, we, need to be, we need to be saying as a church, as a whole church family, you know, that actually God needs our hearts. You know? And if you invite someone at Christmas, and if some of your family and, and someone come, then perhaps just be praying about how to, to get into those conversations and saying, well, have you thought about God at other times of year? What do you think God might want of us? Um, the, the, the big message here of Amos is that the day of the Lord changes everything. And that's what we're going to be looking at through this, this little Advent uh, time, is thinking about how the day of the Lord changes everything. And the day of the Lord, it, it's a wonderful thing for those who believe, as we know, when the Lord comes to visit uh, in salvation. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, but it's also a day of darkness for those who reject uh, the Lord. And, uh, and how we respond to him with sincerity and devotion. If we respond with sincerity and devotion, it's a wonderful thing. And that's what uh, we need to be, uh, to be doing and praying that God would help us to do and help many other people to do as well. So let's close with a prayer and ask for God's help in taking these things to heart. And so Heavenly Father, we uh, recognise that you do not want simply outward, um, empty, uh, sort of um, just going through the motions of worship. But you want our hearts and you want them day by day. And uh, we pray that you would help each of us, Lord, to devote ourselves to you, uh, to come to you and to be uh, devoted to you with our hearts, not just in, in, our, in our actions, in the, the you know, coming to church or, or anything like that, um, but that we would really be devoted to you and want to love you and obey you in everything. And we pray for our community, for those out and about, perhaps for our friends and family, those we know and love. And we pray, Lord, that particularly any who are uh, thinking that they can just come to church 
and that will fulfill their duty to you. We pray that you would break into that, Lord, and ask that you would help people to really understand that you, you ask more of us, uh, but that that is a wonderful thing, and that they would truly come to find the joy of knowing Jesus every day uh, this Christmas time. And please help us as a church to be able to hold out that message, that wonderful life-giving message, um, this Christmas and every day. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.